0: If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream, let's get cracking. I've been following my uh, my next guest for quite a long time actually and we've had a few discussions and conversations via Instagram lives and we've had a Zoom call uh, sort of back in in lockdown as well and she is a very very inspirational lady i have to say her work is beautiful but it's her just her lovely outlook on life that I really like. She's, she's quite philosophical. She's very articulate, incredibly kind, and, and again, really, really generous with her, with her knowledge and her time. And my chat with her was really lovely, actually. So uh, really, really glad to be introducing Julie Burdenstone. Oh, dear. Oh, it's so nice to see you. And you, yeah, lovely to see you. Yeah, lovely to talk to you as well, which is lovely. We didn't. We did talk before, though, didn't we? did we? We had a. I mean, I know oh. we. Like you know, and we had a lovely chat on your um, Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we we uh, we had
1: a chat last uh, 2020, I think it was. Yeah. We had a, a a chat when I I started uh, watching your YouTube channel, and uh, and I contacted you, and you said, "Oh, give me a ring," and we had a chat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, that's a long time ago, isn't it? It seems like an age ago
1: now. Yeah. Yeah, a lot lot of water gone under the bridge since then, but yes.
0: No. I know. Goodness, when you think back over the last couple of years, you just think, "Oh my word."
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It was I mean, I was in I was in quite a bad place when we chatted. Um, you know, I was having a, a very bad year particularly. And so, yeah, that kind of it really helped actually. So, yeah, it was just um, yeah. You look back on life and you think oh that was that was bad, but you know life moves on, and things get yeah. better, and yeah
0: yeah, and your um I mean your business is going really well, isn't it? I'm loving what you're doing on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's 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 busy busy
1: um I've got lots of ideas I've got lots of uh, I've I have got a plan I have got a plan <laughs> but um but yeah my plan is sort of it evolves as, as time's gone on it's evolved because I think I thought I knew what I wanted to do and then I, I've changed quite a few times since then I think that has a lot to do with my preferences and to what I know that I'm good at, and what my attention span is like, and what I enjoy, and and all of that. So, because I'm still working as well at the moment, so I'm effectively running two full time jobs at the moment, which is a huge commitment. So, when I I go back into because I've done art professionally full time before, and I did an awful lot of commissions and I worked to design briefs, and it was quite intense and quite fast-paced and I think that that's one of the reasons why with my art now I wanted a level of creative freedom that I've never had before because I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do and explore that really in more depth but yeah I mean at the moment it's it's a bit onerous because there's a huge amount of work involved and as I say I am working effectively two full-time jobs because I, I've got quite a full-on job four days a week. And then I've got my full-on art, um, which is, takes most of my spare time and every evening as well. So, yeah.
0: What is it that you do for your, for your other full-time job?
1: So for my other full-time job, I work in a senior management position at a large animal charity. So uh, art and animals have always been a flim-flam a lot. I always was going to be an artist. And uh through through various reasons left art college and went off to work in a zoo like you do. Um, and then and then I met my husband. Um and he was Anything. very so, yeah, I mean he was very um very supportive and very and wanted me to go back to the art, which he supported me to do that. And I worked as a freelancer for quite a few years as uh, I designed all sorts of giftware and I, I designed cross-stitch pictures and all, all sorts of things. It was all very, very creative stuff, and, but always with a design brief and always with a, someone else driving what they wanted. And then uh, dogs have always played a huge part in my life. And I had a dog who died and I went to a, a local animal charity to, to look for a dog. And I started volunteering there and uh, I got really interested in animal behaviour. And in no time at all, I was spending more time there than I was actually working. I was having to come home and work till two o'clock in the morning to do all my design briefs and things. And I knew I had to make a decision because I was being torn in too. So I went off to work for an animal charity and I worked my way up through. It was very. It got very corporate in the end and it it was very burning out, really and it, I mean it was it was a very large charity and it was as I say it's very very corporate and in the end I got made redundant which at the time I was devastated at but actually it was probably the best thing that happened to me to be honest and then I had that year off where where you and I spoke and at the time I'd started I mean I'd always I'd always painted because for my mental well-being it's I have to do it I've always had to paint so all throughout my whole career I've always painted and I would started to gather momentum in doing things that I'd wanted to do with that and then I got offered another job to go back into animal charity work and I, at the time I was like do I do this or do I pursue my art but it was in the middle of COVID and I really wasn't in a good place I don't think at the time I felt um, I think my confidence had taken a hit with it, with everything that had happened, so I did go back, um, and that's what I'm doing now. But I'm in a really good place now, and I, you know, it's it's. I'm glad I went back because I were, I've been able to use all my knowledge and experience in a really positive way. But at the same time, it's really consolidated in my head where I want to be with my art, so I have a plan going forward for it. So I see it as um, you know, a lot of people see it as retiring. I don't see it as retiring. I see it as the, the next stage in my life is going to be when I go all full on in the art. And at the moment it's gearing up and it's gearing up, and that's what I'm I'm doing. But I'm still I'm I'm an all or nothing person. So so the charity that I'm working for is is still getting all of me when I'm there. But I'm yeah, I'm I'm at the moment it is exhausting because I am I am really torn into and I know that that's not sustainable for a long period of time. Yeah, art and animals, that's what it is. It's nice.
0: just- so the the job you're doing at the moment as well is that sort of that with the senior uh, manager level, is that again, is that quite corporate? I think people think of these jobs as being, oh, it'd be so lovely to work, but actually <laughs> well you know it's the same as any other business isn't it it's all about yeah yeah Yeah. so 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 I think I
1: mean yeah my mum always used to say oh it must be so lovely you know cuddling cats and kittens and puppies all day and and I just used to nod knowingly thinking you have no idea you have no idea but the, the charity that I work in now is much more aligned to my my values, I suppose, in terms of charitable objectives. So although I am distanced from the animal side of things, I'm driving the business side of the, the, the animal side of things, if you like, the animal operation side of things, it is in a very sort of kind of compassionate values-led organisation. So I feel very happy about that, and it's a good fit for my values. But, again, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, a charity, charities are businesses like anything else, and I think that that's what, you know, perhaps a lot of people don't understand how they, they kind of, you know, run in that in that way. Sorry, my dog is scratching the door. I'm just going to go and throw <laughs> her out. Um, she's blind. Oh, bless her. She's she's oh, and she's blind, but she's a bit senile, so she's uh, yeah. But she won't stop once she starts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's um, it's a busy old life at the moment, but yeah. um, but the art side of it is, uh, and actually, you know, from from a a business perspective, um, I've learned an awful lot in my roles that I have done, and that's helped enormously in terms of driving and and also driving me as a person, because obviously. <laughs> I, I definitely went down a different road I went down the psychology route animal behavior route and I yeah went down uh, and, and studied an awful lot in terms of human behavior animal behavior all of those sort of things which um stood me in good stead really um and I learned an awful lot about myself which is what's the most important thing I think when you study behavior you always uh, reflect internally. And I think for me, that was the biggest, the biggest learning in in terms of behavior, because I think I've always over, I've been an overthinker, a busy thinker all my life. And I think that's in some ways, my lack of confidence and my lack of belief, self-belief, perhaps as when I was younger, particularly from my, from my college days, because when I went to art college, i mean my my parents were very supportive and and there was never a moment when i was growing up that i wasn't going to be an artist you know i never went to careers advisors or anything else it was always you're going to be an artist so you don't need to bother with that because that's what you're going to do and so my whole life had been geared towards going to art college and i went to art college and it wasn't anything like i'd expected it to be it was Feel your way through a painting, throw some paint at the wall and be expressive, use big brushes. And what I wanted to learn was good draftsmanship. I wanted to learn how to draw, how to compose a picture. I wanted to learn like the old masters painted. And that was really out of vogue at at that time. And uh, I had to have a critique. And I put so much work into everything I did. And I was so conscientious. And I remember having this critique and being told that actually, unless I um, evolved in my technique, then I wasn't going to cut the mustard, basically, and that they would have to reevaluate whether I could stay on the course. And I was devastated. I I was completely crushed because I felt I'd let my parents down. I felt I'd let myself down. I I was I really took what they said on board. So I thought, well, what, else, what else am I good at? What else can I do? And I thought, well, I, I like animals. <laughs> I'll go and work in a zoo. So, so I left art college and my parents were like, what are you doing? You're leaving art college. Why are you doing this? You're mad. And I went off to work in a zoo. And the last day at art college, one of the tutors came up to me and said, why are you leaving? And I, and I told him in flood of tears, of course, because I was very young at the time, and he said, "Oh, they say that to all the people that they want to push. It's their way of pushing you a little bit harder." And I thought, "Well, <laughs> you know, it's a bit late to tell me that now." But it was—it was really obviously they hadn't really looked at teaching and supporting and coaching in those days. It was a kind of a, <laughs> a very old-fashioned way of oh, pushing a very young and vulnerable um, student. Yeah. So, so off I went to art college and uh, to, to, to work in a zoo, rather and. Um, I worked in a small zoo and then I worked in a larger zoo. And then I met my husband who knew that I felt that I'd i missed out on what I should be doing because I was still drawing all the time. I was still painting all the time. And he encouraged me. He said, well, you need to do this. You don't need to go to college. You don't need to get a degree. You can do this. I mean, he was a businessman and he was, you know, he pushed me in the right direction. And, and that's when I went off and I, I worked freelance, you know, for quite a few years doing it. But I think, again, the, you know, constantly working to design briefs, constantly doing what someone else wants you to do. You feel you're on a bit of a conveyor belt for a time. And and I think when I went to work in the animal charity, it was it was it was a completely different path. But as I say, I never stopped, ever stopped drawing, never stopped working. And I think that the internet has been a, an absolute godsend really because it enables you to connect with artists all over the world and i used to really try and find work that i really resonated with me really realism but you know really good artists that i could really Look up to and and try and learn from. And in North America at the time, there were so many good artists. You know, realism in North America was so much more progressive than it was in the UK in sort of the eighties and nineties. But now with the internet, you you can you know birds of a feather we can flock together and we can find people who you know kind of like our work and people who do do the kind of work that we do. And actually, it's a it's a really breath of fresh air because you can see people who are super talented who are smashing it in the art um, arena and you think well that gives you hope then and you know and I found a really good client base I've found people who support my work I've found friends I've you know it's been a revelation really I feel like I was born sort of 20 or 30 years a bit too late uh, too early (laughs) rather Um, because the internet's just been amazing yeah it's it's an interesting
0: old life. <laughs> it is. It is, and you know, it's really it's really lovely actually to hear, um, because I'm I'm of the very very same opinion as you is that you know I I really like social media, and I think it's been just a, a massive. Well, it's kind of what's made my business grow you know but I think what where you and I are very similar is our understanding of ourselves Mm. and the reflection of who we are because of the I I guess the work that you've done the work that I've done you know we understand I probably don't understand as much about psychology as you do but you know I've been through all of this coaching side of stuff I've learned about how to really look inside of myself and understand why do I do this why do I do that you know, and and changing things that I don't particularly like about myself, um, yeah. and I think that has an absolutely huge effect on how we then present ourselves. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. And and I, you know, and I I would I wouldn't say I I think you have great insight actually. And I think you know a lot of the things that you you do in the way that you teach shows that you really understand what people need from you because. I think that just because you know how to do something doesn't necessarily mean, say, you're going to be a good teacher or you're going to be able to uh, put that information across. It's going to make that person feel good about themselves. And I think that uh, that's one of the things that I learned quite early on in terms of building people's confidence and building people's uh, encouraging people to be the best version of themselves, not not trying to copy somebody else or not trying to be somebody else. And I think that's so important to have that really good foundation. I mean, I'm still a work in progress. I mean, you know, it, and it's frustrating sometimes because even though you know what's going on in your head and you you kind of have the manual for it, you still it still overrides you sometimes and you still have that little voice in your head. And I often think gosh, if I spoke to somebody the way I speak to myself, I wouldn't be a very nice person.
0: (laughs) I know. Isn't it bizarre what we do? Isn't it bizarre what we do? I've just been, I'm on, I've got three days left of a 16-day coaching and NLP uh, course that I'm taking. And it has been absolutely fascinating. And we were doing a session, not yesterday, but the day before, around metaphors now, you know, when 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 we started talking about metaphors, I'm like, oh, my God, this is just going to blow my mind. I'm not really sure, you know, but actually we talk in metaphors all of the time. Yes. All of our conversations are just scattered with metaphors and we all have our own deep seated way of doing things. Yes. Oh, I'm trying to grow my business, or I'm trying to, you know, skyrocket, say, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it was really interesting because I didn't really understand what I was supposed to be doing. And I was led through sort of like a guided metaphoric thing. And we started off, and I always find it much easier to close my eyes so I can visualize stuff. I'm a very big visualizer and a feeler and everything. We started off, we started off in this big room. And then it ended up being this sort of like this, like a pot like a wooden pot that I could put bits and pieces in. It was very strange kind of where I ended up going. It was like it was like you'd gone really quite deep into your subconscious and sort of started pulling stuff out. And I, I suddenly went, and I think I actually sort of like put my hands on the table and I was like, oh, my God, these, this are, these are my boundaries. <laughs> I'm talking about my boundaries here. And it was like I got this pot of boundaries that I could put bits in and take bits out. And I always struggle with boundaries, yeah. really struggle with boundaries because I haven't had any. And putting them in feels very strange. Yeah. Um, you know, that was like a bit of a tearful moment about it. And there was like, you know, I can, my boundaries are there to keep me safe and I can put whatever I want in them and I can take whatever yeah. I want out. It was, it was all people who were listening and going, Bonnie's gone completely bonkers now. But it was very interesting. My, my coach, honestly, she was in hysterics when I said this. And I was like, I find it really hard to put boundaries into place. And I don't know whether you're the same. But when I do, when I have to say no to somebody, I usually leave it too late and then it's kind of gone on a little bit and somebody's taken advantage of me or whatever. And then because I don't know how to properly say no or whatever, I end up being passive aggressive, which is horrible. (laughs) And and Susie was in hysterics. She was like, oh, my goodness, Bonnie, you're not passive. And I was like, no, when I have to say no to somebody, I think. this efficient person comes on and I I end up being this passive aggressive horrible person and it's not what I mean but it's because I don't know how to put I don't know how to say no to certain yeah yeah I find that really really hard
1: I think I think with my boundaries I've always uh, it comes from self-preservation I guess because because I've worked in a very very emotional environment and it is really really emotional environment when you work in animal welfare Um, people feel things and they feel it really really deeply I'm a kind of a uh, I've done a lot of insights and and sort of self-reflection so I know very much how I operate in a certain environment so I know that I can be very driven and very directive, and and the, that that's the positive side of it. The downside of that is being bossy. <laughs> um, but but I also know that I am a very caring person and very compassionate. But the downside of that is I can be very stubborn. So when I know those two sides of those things and how I lead in in my my preferences, I have I I'm always very aware of when I'm getting stressed. So when I'm feeling that I'm very pressured, I'm I can't make decisions, and I can get quite stubborn and quite entrenched in a way of working. And so, so with my own work, I know when when I, when things aren't flowing in a certain way, or when I'm feeling a certain way, I know something's not working. So for me, boundaries are really important in protecting my well-being because if I don't protect my own well-being, then nobody else will. Basically, so I think I've got quite. I suppose what I call uh, responsibly selfish, we call. that <laughs> But I think you have to be sometimes, and that and sometimes that does mean saying no or or that you know, my time is is you know I have a certain amount of hours in a day, and I know what I can give that time to, and you know for me, my art is so important to me. It's an important part of my life, and it it is it is part of my identity. So for me, a lot of my downtime and my my you know time off my evenings are are painting my husband will often say to me you never stop you never stop he said no wonder you're tired you never stop but i think well i've only got these hours i've got to make them work i've got to make them count and i don't actually find art exhausting in that way what i find is exhausting is all the other stuff that goes on so yeah, boundaries I think are important when you when you are a quite driven person. And I think you're a very driven person. Gosh, you you must be amazingly driven to have achieved what you've achieved. So you know, I think it is it is so important. I don't think we should ever have to apologise for having boundaries at all. I think they're so necessary.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, I've been working on them, you know, and and I'm I'm finding it easier. But again, the other side of stuff is, you know, when you, like you are saying, you know, you're a giving person, you're compassionate, you're kind. And then all of a sudden, you have to say no to somebody, and it just feels really, really awful. Or you have to actually have, you know, a conversation with somebody that's not necessarily, you know, the lovely, joyful, positive conversation you need to have. And that can feel just really really dreadful and again this internal work um I think is so important particularly when you're either planning to grow a business or you're growing growing a business I mean i I do have you know quite big goals in my business mm. well I mean sometimes I'm I'm always made to feel guilty about having these plans and then I'm thinking well actually you know I'm growing a business I'm 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 sort of quite entrepreneurial and I I shouldn't be made to feel guilty about anything you know I really love what I do and and I do and it's it's taken me quite a long time to understand and realize that I do make a difference to people
1: yeah 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 and I think I think that's really important and I think that I suppose it's it's you know there's only so much of you to go around and you know that, like you say, there's only so many hours in a day, and I, I, I often, i I think about you quite often because I often listen to your podcast when I'm driving or whatever, and I think, I don't know how you fit in what you fit in. I think I'm a busy person, but then you know when you I'd talk to you and I see what you're doing, I think Crikey, you know, I feel a bit inadequate, but you know, I think that you you have to have those boundaries and that structure to to grow your business the way that you need to, there's only one of you and you're producing so much and also you're giving so much. But I, but I, I also know that in in terms of social media, for instance, you know, the the, the bigger that your account gets, the more interactions that you get. And I, I want to interact with all of the people that I can get and, and people send me, you know, messages and I always try and respond to them. Um, and I thought, well, how am I going to do this if I get bigger and, and more successful with this? Because this is a p- big part of my day that I want to. And, I, and it takes me away from my painting. And, you know, and I keep thinking, well, I need to make, make some reels and, and you know all of that. But it, only if it feeds the, the, the work that I'm doing. So for me, the work is the most important thing. And that's the centre. And everything of what I do is my work and then all the other stuff that's the nice stuff and that's that supports that and that's really important too but without the work it's it's meaningless
0: so yeah yeah no absolutely and i think that's that sounds like a really healthy way of not getting so you know when you get so bogged down with i need to be doing this and i need to be doing that and what well, I, I think i should be on tiktok and and i you know i should be making reels every day and actually For what benefit? You know, I mean, yes, absolutely, if it's part of what you're wanting to do. But is it just to kind of feed the algorithm so that you get a few more likes? Is that actually making a difference to how many commissions you're going getting? Probably probably not.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and and, you know, and it can disappear
0: as quickly as it came. I mean, you know,
1: Instagram is it's not tangible because we don't own it. It's owned by another, you know, it's owned by somebody else that owns all of our, our kind of data and you know i've i've spoken to people who've who've lost their account their accounts have been hacked and it's all just come crumbling down like a pack of cards and i you know I, I don't want to think well how would i feel if that happened would that really set me back and i would be really upset about it but i've still got my work i've still got the thing that I, that's driving the art desire in me so so i'm doing art that's the most important thing, and all of the other things are supporting it. But I'm not doing the art to to generate the other stuff. Yeah, um, and I think that there is therein lies the difference, and and that's why I don't take on huge amounts of commissions. I, I like commissions, and I really enjoy doing them. But I don't, I'm not churning them out one after the other, after the other, after the other, because. That's not what I want to be doing. Um, I don't. I, I've worked in that way before, and I know that um, I I will feel stale if I get, if I continue to do that. So for me, it's important. I want to grow, and I want to develop my skills and my techniques. So I I do a combination of both, and they're the things that I kind of post. But I still have that creative freedom to be able to do what I want to do, and I know where I want to get to with that. So I feel I feel really really at peace with that in, in terms of how I am as an artist and I look around at other people and I admire them and I think oh they're amazing and I love watching other people's journeys but that's their journey that's not my journey and that's okay and I think that that's yeah that's a good way to be
0: oh definitely I think that's a really lovely message you know we're, we are all very different but I yeah I, I I do I do agree with you I mean when I when I first started out I was doing I think I was doing eight or nine commissions a month and you know I loved it because I didn't have anything else to do yeah you know I was literally getting up in the morning nine o'clock drawing till you know sitting on social media and it was all like yeah this is great but then as your business grows and then you've got to do all of that admin side of stuff (laughs) and and then of course when you start teaching and do all of the recording and then you've got to do all of the editing and it's like oh my goodness this is like a beast yeah (laughs) you know and then what what I'm finding is I like to be inclusive so I'll ask people what do you want and then I'll come they'll come back with like a million and one different things and I'm thinking oh blimey how do I make a decision now and I've actually started to almost not give people an option yes yeah (laughs) I'm not even going to give you an option I'm going to tell you what we're going to do
1: (laughs) well I think yes it's choices The psychology of choices isn't it the more choices you have then people don't Actually, make choices. Um, so, if you're going to give choices, give give a maximum of three. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a little experiment at the minute. So, I do a lot of um, joining webinars and things like that of business people, successful business people. And I was listening to and listening to podcasts. And I was listening to this one podcast, and I'm starting to do a series of uh, one day workshops, which I'm going to be starting quite soon. But I didn't know what uh, what subject I'd do it on. And you'd normally say, oh, well, you know, just put a survey out, ask people what they want to do. And then the this podcast basically says, you know, if you ask people what they want, they'll tell you what they think they want from their voices, <laughs> but their behavior is very much different and their behavior probably would want something different. Yeah. So I've got a series of uh, Facebook ads that are running at the moment that are all different parts of drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're just I think they're running at something like a pound a day or something like that for 30 days and we're just going to see which one gets the most views and for how long and the one oh, that gets wow. the most views and for how long that that is people showing the behavior of that's actually what they're interested in so um that's kind of going to give me the subject then that I'll I'll start in my one-day workshops um which are the was quite an interesting way of thinking about it, really using um, psychology and everything to work out what it is that you're going to put in front of people. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I do I do, do a little bit of teaching. I do one-to-one teaching and I really enjoy that. Um, and very often, yeah, we will just focus on um, one thing uh, in a lesson to really hone down and to, to get those details. I really enjoy that side of it. And, and teaching was one of the things that I, you know, I have thought about doing because I, I, I've taught in my, my day job as well. So I, I do like teaching. But Patreon is uh, I've looked at Patreon many times and, and it, it's just such a beast of a thing to, to commit to. Uh, I, you know, and that's one of the things that's put me off a little bit and the filming side of things.
0: <laughs> yes. Patreon, I think is wonderful. But well, I think it is, and can be incredibly damaging to an awful lot of artists, because unless you get a really good following, you, you're 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 putting all of that work in, for not very much return. Yeah. So unless you do all of your work and you get, you know, you're, you've got sort of like, I mean, what what have I got on Patreon at the minute? Eight nine hundred on there. Um, it it kind of fell when I started the academy. Yeah. Um, you know, because everybody joined the Academy, but, you know, if if there's people, uh, you know, earning like 16, 17, 18,000, that, that's that, and that's, amazing, and that's, you know, at one point, that's what I was earning on, on Patreon alone. But if you put all of that work in and you only have 10 members or 20 members, you still put all of that work in, but for very little return. I also think it encourages really, really great value for the consumer. But you, I mean, I've got three years' worth of work on there that you can get for £5. Yeah, yeah. And and that, you know, we're always trying to say to artists, up your pricing, you know, know your value. And then yeah. all of a sudden, we're encouraged to give a huge amount for yeah. not very much at all. And it's fine if you've got the masses in there and you've got lots and lots of people. Yeah. And then I've been watching, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. There's another artist, an amazing artist, and he sells his, uh, like workshops and stuff on his website mm-hmm. and you can buy one of his workshops, which is only a portion of whatever it is but yeah. $300. If you want the whole series, you pay $1,000 for it. Wow. Wow. And people will buy it.
1: Yeah. 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 You know? and, and That's true. I mean, you know, I think yeah, I'm, I'm quite free with my knowledge and, and you know, and I, and, and, and I know you have been as well. But there's also that element of that it's taken a long time to put that together. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're going to give, um, you know, really good value for money, then obviously I think it has to be done in a way that's sustainable for both you and for the consumer. As I say, Patreon for me, I've I've looked at it several times and, you know, and I have kind of thought about it. But I, I think that I would become stale i think in in that that churning out because i don't want to i don't want to manufacture things in that way and i think for you 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 probably got onto the platform at the right time um and you've got that back catalogue and you've been able to try things and that's what's led to the academy so you, you there's been a really clear process that's led to that and i think for you that was probably a very different a different approach maybe but for me I don't think that at this point in my career, it's not what I really am thinking of doing. I might do some workshops. I might do, you know, some Zoom workshops or things like that. I might do do those in the future. I might do a few YouTube just to put things out there to thank people that have supported me. But... As I say for me the work is still the most important thing and um, I mean I've got a beast of a, a canvas that I've just started to work on which is a bit scary um, but I'd like to do things that scare me a bit because um, I, that, that energises me as well so yes it's been sat there staring at me for such a long time I thought I needed to do it so I've just gone ahead and started it even though I haven't really got the space for it. <laughs>
0: I can see you squashed into the corner of your room with this huge canvas <laughs> but yes yeah, I,
1: yeah. I have plans I have plans for a different studio space this year so <laughs>
0: I think you know sometimes I think art with artists it's almost like they so I know quite a few artists who are like oh gosh I can't make I can't make a really good living with commissions or original art so I, uh, you know, and the only way to do it, and I see it on Facebook groups and everything, the only way to do it is to go down the teaching route. And and in a way, well, which I don't think is true. No. At all. And actually, you know, you could be the best artist in the world and go down the teaching route, but you, you may not get, you know, the, the the following that you want within the teaching because yeah. it isn't just about the showing people what to do it's there's all of the other stuff in there as well yeah. um and actually there you know it is very easy well not easy but it is very doable to be able to make a living from you know your originals and your commissions and all of that kind of thing and it's yeah. just is working out your worth it's you know developing yourself yeah. all of that kind of thing and just making sure that you are uh creating stuff that's that you know is to your value
1: yeah, I think it's a shame when people, they always kind of um, think that they have to do a certain thing in order to make money. And f- I mean, I suppose it's how you um, how you define success as well, because, you know, we all need money to live, obviously. So money is an important part of that. And that, I suppose it depends on what um, stage of your life you're at as well and, and, and what you feel is a good value for the, the work that you're producing. But success, I think, is it means different things to different people. I mean, for me, success means being the best that I can be in, in, as an artist. And I won't stop trying until the day I die to be the best that I can be. And I know, I know where I want to be. And, and if I was climbing a mountain, I'd probably be at base camp now because, I, you know, I, I know that there's still a long way for me to develop. There's a lot for me to learn. And that's exciting because I'm enjoying the journey, the creative journey. And I don't see it as an end goal. that One day I'll go, oh, I've reached it. And I'm, I'm now as I want to be because I think art is a lifelong journey. So success for me, yes, it's important to sell my work. And yes, it's important that, um, you know, I, I can make money from it because art materials are very expensive. And, you know, I do want to make a living from it. And, you know, a sustainable living as well going forward. But success also means a lot more to me than just financial money in terms of of, of that. So, yeah. Um, and I, I, I do think that's what maybe a lot of people perhaps start out with their love of art and then it becomes about the money. And then they fall out of love with the thing that, because very often if you turn a hobby into a means of making money, it's no longer a hobby. It it's then becomes a work. So, and, and, I've, and I've done it before and that's what I, I did when I was an illustrator and, you know, a commissioned artist working before. And in a sense, I felt that I was constrained because I didn't have that creative freedom that I wanted. I could produce the things. and I was really good at working to deadlines. Yeah. But it wasn't what I necessarily wanted to be producing as an artist. And it was a job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think a lot of people do go into sort of like commission work and everything and then end up going, do you know what? I just can't do this anymore because I've just, I just totally, I don't want to see another Labrador again. <laughs> <laughs> my life um and it's funny i i mean i i do commissions i tend to do maybe one or two a month depending on you know what it is i've actually done uh three three for for free this last month so it, they're just for presents for people i've done my brother's little dog and i did my
1: oh it's lovely i saw that yeah
0: uh, daughter's uh, boyfriend's uh, dog and then i did did something for my groomer as well i i'm and I'm really, I really like doing stuff. Yeah. I really, really do because it's, um, I don't know, there's no pressure. And and it's the the bit that I don't like is you finish it and then you, so I always end up sending about three different emails to the person that I finished the commission to. The first one is I finished it. Oh, my goodness, I've really loved it. Here's the photo of it, blah, 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 blah. And then they come back and they go, oh, that's so nice. And then it's probably a week in between that and when I go, Oh, and the balance is this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, I've got to ask them for, you know, <laughs> I and mean, I don't have a problem asking for money and I do know my worth, but you know, I I think I for my commissions, I probably would really like just to go, do you know what I'll just do it for you? It'd be, <laughs> it'd be absolutely fine. Um, you know, but I, I but I do enjoy doing the commission stuff. Yeah. But then I wonder what what if I was still trying to do nine a month, I don't think I would.
1: Yeah yeah I, I i only take commissions if i know i can do a good job yeah. so um I, quite often i get sent photos i'm so sure you all do that you know you see you know can you paste a photo of my cat and, and and you know and and they'll send you a really bad iphone picture of it looking down and all you can see is a couple of eyes looking up at you and and i used to you know try my best with those sort of pictures because i wanted to fulfill what people wanted but you know, now I'll say, well, you know, I can't draw your cat. I can draw a black cat and it might look a bit like that cat, but it won't be your cat because for me, it's about that connection so that when someone sees it, they see that animal looking back at them. There's an essence of that animal in that that photo, that, that portrait. And unless I can get that connection from the photo or the, that that emotional response and know that I can give a good interpretation... For me, it's not worth doing it. I would rather not take that commission. And I know there's lots of artists that would um, and do a really good job of it. And, and, you know, and I think that's that's great. But for me, it's about I would rather do work I, I know that I'm going to be really proud of and that I'm going to be able to say, yeah,
0: I've done a really good job. I've done
1: absolutely the best I could
0: do. What a lovely thing to put in a paragraph. You know, I'm thinking somebody sends me a photo, or, or you know, if I'm if I'm kind of, and I think I'll probably end up quoting you in one of one of my <laughs> if somebody says, you know, oh, gosh, I've been sent this photograph, and you'll go, Oh, just you know, tell them it's not good enough, tell them it's got how lovely to say, yes, I can draw this. It will be a cat, it won't be your cat because I can't get anything from it. I think that is the most beautiful thing to say. Um, and I think people will get that. Yeah, I
1: I think. Maybe because um, I've spent so much of my life around animals, I guess. And, I, and animals are sentient beings. You know, you've only got to look in the eyes of any animal and know that there's an individual inside there. Yeah, I've, I've seen so many, you know, we talk about Labradors. I've seen so many Labradors and they're all different. They've all got different personalities. You know, they've all got little quirks and little cheekiness and and, and you know, they're all different. And I think to the person who owns those dogs, they will know what those quirkiness, you know, and character traits of those animals are. And so that's why, for me, it's that connection and, and to know about those animals particularly. And for me, that's what's so important. And that's why with good photographs, and I, and I know that you um, interviewed uh, by Tazzy, um, Tazzy, Tazzy, uh, not, not long ago yeah, yes, um, yeah, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why I love her photos so much is because I spent so many times at zoos trying to take good photos and they've not been great but her photos are there's a connection there with a the sentient being you can see that and they don't look miserable they don't look like some animals do when you take a photograph of them in a the zoo look a bit bored and 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 I can't paint animals that look like that and I it's funny because when I got made redundant I painted the first picture I painted after I got made redundant and I was in a really really bad place emotionally I painted a picture of a lion and it was a lion that I'd taken the photo of and actually the photo of the lion looked really good but when I painted it um, I was quite pleased with it and then I put it away and I I got it out, um, somebody, I, put, I think I put it on Facebook, and one of my friends said, oh, it's a beautiful lion, it looks a bit miserable. So I had a look at it, and, and I think my emotion had transferred into that lion, because when I actually looked at it, I thought, do you know what, you're right. That I, I, could, I could sense it, and it was, it was how I had felt, had come across somehow in that lion, and I'm, I'm super aware of that now. I'm super aware of my emotions and how I'm trying to portray the animal. And I think there is that definite connection for me between the work I'm doing and me as a person. And that's what makes your work as an artist different from a photograph, because you're putting you Into the work. So, you know, it doesn't matter what artist paints a picture of a dog, we can all paint. It's like your Labrador's or whatever you paint in your tutorials. And sometimes I see these amazing pictures where your students, you know, you've got, I don't know, 15 different ones of the same animal and they've all put something different into it. It's all the same photo, but the subtleties and different nuances. And it's amazing. And I love looking at that. I think, gosh, what was that person thinking when they were drawing that? How were they feeling? And 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 those emotions, I do think, come through in work really strongly.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, um, you know, I every time, you know, people, pe- so people like certain genres of art and people don't like certain genres of art. And you're always going to get somebody who likes what doesn't like. And one of the biggest things with realism is, oh, well, they all look the same. You can't tell one person's from the other. And it's totally, it's somebody's opinion. And that's maybe what they're seeing. You know, and some people do see things as the same. And some people do see lots and lots of differences. And it could just be how they're kind of viewing it. Yeah, I've just done this thing. um, It was a bit of an experiment, actually. And it worked really, really well. And it was like a bit of a masterclass. So I I just chose the image, gave it to, I had over 100 people who did it. And they created it without any input from me. They weren't allowed to share it on social media until it was done. They had to choose their colours. They had to choose their surface. And then they all came out with, so it was the same subject, definitely the same subject. Yeah. They were all completely and utterly different. Just totally different. That's my dog. Hang on a second. (laughs) I'm going to go and... um... Yeah, it was uh, was brilliant to see. Absolutely brilliant but I said don't share on social media because you don't want to be influenced by anybody yes yeah and let's see you know at what you do and what because this is one of the biggest things with teaching I think a lot of people get stuck when they've done a few tutorials that they feel they can't they can't choose their own colors yes yeah. use the the the, the, the tutor as like a bit of a crutch yeah. And it and it's a blockage. Of course they. Of course everybody can choose their. own. I mean, colour yeah. doesn't matter, does it? It's not about. No, no. Yeah, it's about tone um, and shade. Um, and that as a as somebody who creates tutorials, that's like, oh gosh, you know, how do I how do I help somebody create their own things? Because I don't want to create a load of artists who can't. Ultimately, yeah. my 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 goal is to help people create their own work and be able to go on and do whatever they want to do with it, whether it's yeah. a. Hobby yeah. or you know, and it's bringing in these little exercises to be able to help people choose their own stuff. Yes, yeah, um, you know, and that's been quite that's been quite
1: interesting doing that. I, I think that's in, yeah, it's an important point actually, because when I look at people's work on social media, I can instantly recognise certain artists that I follow by the color palettes that they use and it doesn't matter even if they're drawing different subjects or even if you know they've they've drawn a landscape and then they've drawn a, a portrait or whatever the color palettes that they gravitate towards are, are telling about what their work is and you know instantly that that's that's their work because of the color palettes they use and that's, that's about that personalisation, isn't it, of the, the preferences. So I do think um, in teaching that is that is very important. And I always, although with, with sort of real, you know, beginners or people who are wanting to build their confidence, I can start to talk about these are the colours that I would use, but it doesn't matter if you haven't got the exact colours, you could use something similar. But what you want is, is the correct tones yeah. um, and the tonal range. And I always encourage people to look at it in black and white anyway, because I think that your brain just gets fixated on colour anyway. I know I do. I get, I get overstimulated sometimes. As I get sensory overload when I look at things. And that's probably why I home in on portraits, actually. And I don't do lots of backgrounds because I find that honing down onto a uh, subject enables me to be able to focus really well. Um, I do think I suffer from sensory overload when I'm looking at a big busy, busy uh, scene or something. So why I don't do landscapes very often. So I don't know where to start. There's just so much, you know, going on there. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, I, I, I often take a sketchbook out with me. I still, I do sketch a lot, especially on holiday. But um, yeah, I think that's really important. But yeah, that that's, as I say, that's how important art is. Like, even when I used to be out and about in my day job in the evenings, I was always out with a sketchbook. It's always been a part of me. It's, you know, part of who I am as a person. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Aren't we blessed? Yes. I I absolutely think I'm blessed enormously because um, I never get bored. I never mind spending time on my own. I mean, lockdown really passed me by with very little problem whatsoever, to be honest, because (laughs) I was able to get on and do some painting. So... Yeah I I feel enormously blessed because I just I never do get bored I never I never think gosh oh time's dragging uh, there's that's the one thing I wish I could have is a clock that I could slow right down so it give me some more hours in the day because time just goes so quickly.
0: Oh gosh I know I know and I I mean now I I think the most I spend drawing in a day is probably about five hours but I'm If I was being absolutely honest about how long I spent, probably it's about three hours a day. And the rest is today I've been in um, meetings all day. I've got another meeting after this and I'll start drawing at about seven. But now I'm thinking I've got art club tomorrow and I've got a new, um, starting a new piece. So I've got to draw that piece out. I'm thinking, oh, blind me! when am I going to do that? (laughs) It's almost (laughs) like
1: you've gone full circle. So you've gone from a corporate background your creative background and now it's almost like you're on the way back well you know funnily
0: funny you should say that because I um obviously being an artist it's 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 me um I have a team of the five of us and I would not be able to do what I'm doing without having a team and I think I think it's very common in the art world to feel you have to do everything yourself Mm, very much of the fact that you know depending on where you you know it's all dependent on what you want but having somebody who is going to help so I've got somebody who helps with the the customer service side of stuff she plans my diary for me she's absolutely brilliant she works I think three hours a day but she's just fantastic because running a membership every time you get somebody who has a missed payment or somebody cancels or you know there's a process that has to happen and it can be an automated process, which is fine, but you know, the, the amount of people emailing going, I can't get in, I can't do this. I can't do that. Of course with Patreon, Patreon, well, in, in a fashion sorts out all of your customer service, very poor, but when it's grown, you have to do, you have to, and I think people forget that, you know, you've got to have that side of things. And then, I've got people that help me with all sorts of different things. And it means that I can do what I want to do, which is yeah. one my, my goal is basically to have a, you know, a thriving business, helping other artists do what they want to do, but also living a life where I can, you know, enjoy myself. And yeah, yeah. which is, it's, is is very different to where I was a few years ago, you yeah. know, and it feels quite starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. You know, but those old feelings still kind of come, come rushing back sometimes. You know, and there's always that worry. You know, it's uh, and yeah, it's a yeah, it's very strange. But I, I, you know, I always think. Well, my feeling is, if you want to, you know, depending on what your your goal is, there's nothing wrong with having somebody helping.
1: No and I think you've got to do what works for you and
0: you know you know yourself better
1: than anybody else and um, I'm, I'm totally with you in terms of like the packaging and stuff like that you know I find anything like that it's just sort of my my you know, attention span is really really limited with things like that so yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, my business model will be different to yours, and whether I that will sustain somebody helping me in the future. But I, I certainly wouldn't be against having someone to help me in the future. Definitely. I mean, you know, I've got people that help me. You know, do do things around the house and the garden because I haven't got the time to do those sort of things. So, so in a sense, that is a, a form of, of kind of delegation in a sense. anything that makes your life easier and enables you to do the things that you're good at I think is 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 a sensible way to be I mean you paint mostly or you draw mostly in the evenings don't you yeah so now I, I tend to draw
0: seven till midnight
1: yeah do you find that's your most creative time of the day? Is is that what you
0: actually yeah. gravitate towards? That's when, I mean, to be fair, my my days are kind of made up with – I mean, I do live streams during the day and I'll sorry. also do oh, – sorry about that uh, – I'll do live streams in, during the day and I'll also do, you know, like vi- video production and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, but the actual sitting down and, and drawing, yeah. yeah. But I choose to do it that way. Yeah, I, I, If the quieter time, I find the light is more consistent. But then weekends, I can draw all day if I want. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, I tend to, I do tend to draw in the evenings just because it's always the way that I've worked. But even when I was doing commissions and when I was um, an illustrator, I used to often work in the evenings. And I used to often work till about two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I used to find that I got less interruptions because, you know, it's that lovely quiet time, isn't it? That, you know, no one's going to call in and the phone's not going to ring and you've got that lovely quiet time. And you can just lock yourself away and you can get really good lighting these days. And then um, I've never been a particularly good morning person, I have to say. It always takes me a while to get going in the morning. But I I always have to be out in fresh air at some point of the day. I think I need that to, to wake my brain up. So I think it, as an artist, that the, there's that lovely time that you can sort of gauge the day for your creativity, I think,
0: there's an artist
1: that I follow in, um, and I, I admire so, so much. It's called Cesar Santos and he's a, an oil painter and he's he's got such passion and such zest for life and he's the most amazing artist and he paints at night. He he has a blacked out studio and he has it all lit and he paints at night because that's that's his most creative time And and I think all artists have that moment where they just think that this is their time and that they're just going to crack on and do it. So I like I like to have those sort of times where I can just completely shut myself away and just get on with it and be lost in my own little world. I think that's the happiest place I think I ever am.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, well, I think that's a that's a, a nice a nice place. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour already. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, I'm about to choke now. <laughs> but uh, that's been so nice to talk to you, and you've, you've... And you all sorts of words of wisdom and everything coming out there, I think is just wonderful. Oh, oh it's always lovely to talk to you, Bonnie. I, I admire you
1: totally. I think you're a real inspiration. And, uh, yeah, and I, I just love watching you your progression. You should never, ever have to apologise for your success or for your ambition. <laughs> I think uh, it's well deserved.
0: Oh, so kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, and I, I'm, and it's just, it's so lovely to see you you know, doing more and more and more and, you know, the interaction that you're getting with other people and helping people out. I just think it's so nice. So I shall, I shall watch this space <laughs> with, uh, with what your plans are for the future. Yeah. Oh, yes. Definitely watch this space. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's been an honour. Thank you. Oh, bless you. All right, Julia, I'll speak to you soon.
1: Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community, and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at BonnieSnowdenAcademy.com And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.